This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. To the 15, to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. One-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcast. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast. Here we go. Over the shoulder, catch by Kirk in the end zone for a touchdown. Oh, baby. How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealou, Mike Jurecki, and 13-year NFL veteran Drew Stanton. So as we speak here at 11 a.m. on Tuesday, it's been 48 hours since the debacle in Detroit. And I know, Drew, there's supposed to be a 24-hour rule after games win or lose. But what about a loss like that? How long would a 30-12 to loss to a previously one-win team take for you to get over, knowing full well that maybe family members and people that you come across on the streets will still not come close to needing just the 24 hours to get over? You're one of those people. I am one of those people. Yes, I am. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, they're out there on the practice field. You've moved on to the next one. And uh, we talked about it post game. It's extremely difficult because you're flying home, you're sulking on that plane and saying, man, this, we, we let one get away. We could have clinched a playoff spot. We could have done all of these things. And unfortunately, you didn't. And this is a production based business. They didn't go out and they didn't perform. But the way that they didn't perform is what's more alarming. And, and I think that. To a man, they can look at each other, you circle the wagons, you go back there, you watch the film, and you hold each other accountable. I mean, that's the one thing that I think they can do and they have hung their hat on, especially defensively, right? Like, we're not going to expect this out of Kyler. There's going to be a down game every once in a while for him uh, offensively, especially figuring out some different things and whatnot. But defensively, how can they make sure that this big issue of stopping the run and making sure they're putting a concerted effort of all 11 guys doing that uh, a lot of it's just the accountability portion of it and the beauty of playing this this team game that they play is one guy doesn't do his job he's out of the gap or he doesn't fill a gap or a safety doesn't come down and fill the right lane all of those things that's what leads to unfortunately losing to a football team that just wanted it more a lot of questions mj we just don't have a lot of answers and we might not get any answers until this weekend or maybe not until the end of the regular season yeah, it's just disappointing, you know, when you hear that, you know, they, they wanted it, they were desperate. Well, the Cardinals should have been desperate. I mean, you had something to play for. And, again, you got to move on. But it's just, you know, you want to be playing your best football in December. And you still got three games to go here. Clearly a tough matchup on Saturday night. Then you got to go to Dallas, and then they host the Seahawks. So, you know, it's just they got off to a great start, and then all of a sudden, you know, it hasn't been the same. And, you know. Kyler's missed games, Hops missed games, but I just think when it comes to the offense, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Drew, and again, not everyone's going to have a great game, but I think Kyler's just got to he's got to really zone in on with the with the offense and not try to freelance and make plays on his own. Yeah, I think. Uh... Once you start getting that internal pressure, and we talked about the games where it started to feel like it was slipping, Houston, they pulled it back in, but you have to be able to identify that of, hey, stay in the pocket, make those rhythm throws when you can do it. And everybody loves to watch these off-schedule throws when he flips around and he 
goes back 30 yards and then makes a 10-yard completion. But that's a lot of time. That's a lot of effort. And those guys are coming after him. And you you can't sit there and chase ghosts. You have to stay in there and do that. And it's very difficult. Look, there's a human element to this game that nobody talks about. You watch Sunday night's football game when Tom Brady's getting hit or Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Quarterbacks don't want to get hit. And if they feel like they're not protected, they're going to be a little bit more apt to get out of the pocket. Kyler just has a greater skill set than all of us and blessed with the ability to do it more regularly. But there's still the potential and he has the ability to sit in there and make those throws and be on time and go through a progression it's just when it starts to slip a little bit it just goes and goes and and you find yourself in this conundrum of well you're so out of sync that everything seems like there's not a rhythm throw that you're throwing with your feet all out of whack you're not getting your arm into it you're missing high you're missing low you're missing outside and that's uncharacteristic again it is one game that you take that and say all right we're throwing that one out Uh, who knows i wouldn't even watch the film probably i would just let's get on you know we got an early week this week Let's get on because they can very well come out here and they can stop the run. They have the ability to do it. They can jump on teams early and they can make this a game that they want to play and make it and play it to their strength. It's just a matter of doing it. You know, when Colt McCoy was in there, and again, Kyler Murray's starting quarterback, I'm just saying it it just seemed like the game plan was a little bit different to where, you know, they were baiting those guys two wins on the road against San Francisco and Seattle and, and they were running the screen game. You know, I'm surprised with Chase Edmond coming back, they didn't try to run the football. And I know you're down 17 nothing, but coming out in the third quarter, they were able to run the football. I just think they got to clean some things up. And I use the word pressing, and Kingsbury's using it. They were just pressing, and I get that. Um, but I want to see this offense get back to running the football and utilizing play action where you can take some shots down the field. It seems like it's been a struggle over the last couple of weeks. Again, it certainly was a big-time struggle on Sunday in Detroit. Week 15, again, the final 30-12. to 12. Here's the head coach, Cliff Kingsbury. I thought they outplayed us, outcoached us, had more energy and, and uh, had a greater sense of urgency. And, and you don't want to be that team, particularly with how well we played on the road so so far this year. We just... Uh, didn't look like us. No, they did not. And the Cardinals still at 10-4, and four, knocking on that door to the postseason, had an opportunity on Monday Night Football against the Rams, unable to open the door. Had an opportunity against the Lions, unable to open that door. And any given Sunday, it's a cliche, but Kyler Murray knows if you don't come ready, you can get beat. It, this is the NFL. You know, it's, it's, it's not easy. Um, you know, if you don't come prepared, you don't give respect to, you know, who you're playing. You get beat, and that's, um, you know, hats off to them. Kingsbury earlier on Tuesday, Drew, again gave credit to the Lions, yet I know fans don't like to hear the head coach give credit to the other team. So where is that balance as far as, okay, how much it was it us? How much was it them? I think it's both. Uh, I mean, when you look at that game, and everybody's got a bad taste in their mouth right now, but – there's, it doesn't matter how good of a quarterback you are. You're going to have a down game or two games if you're an elite quarterback. And the trickle-down effect from there goes to guys that were like me that were backups that you could play well or you could go out there and not play so well. So, I mean, Aaron Rodgers week one didn't play great. Last week, Tom Brady didn't play great. It's going to happen. And I think it's just fresh in our minds, so we're sitting there and we don't feel good about it. Um, you know, the adversity that they have to deal with, it's not desperation, it's adversity. And Cliff talked about it, and I think Cliff does and says, all of the right things and he's doing this he's keeping everybody together and that's the job of the head coach is being able to do these things in a sense that you still have everybody behind you the leadership component that's so important and I truly think that Cliff said you know he wore it he said 
we got outcoached. We got outplayed. And those both of those responsibilities fall on Cliff first, and then the trickle-down effect is to Kyler. Of He has to be the other component that they need to get on the same page. And, and you can point to a lot of different things. You can look at stats. You can feel good. or you can either make you feel better or they make, make you feel worse about the way things went. Unfortunately, they didn't go well. But I think this team has enough grit, enough uh, pride to go out there on Saturday, on uh, Christmas, and, and on a national stage, and everybody's going to be talking about they can't win at home, they can't win on a national stage or anything like this. They have everything they need in that locker room. And that would be my message if, if I was Cliff. And that's sure Cliff's message is we everything we need is right in front of us. We're not desperate. We're not sitting and saying, oh, man, well, we need this team to lose so we can win the division or get a home play. Everything they need is that 1-0 mentality that got them to where they are. And, look, the game started out not in their favor. They had chances to get it back or, or flip the script. It didn't work, and they kept trying to find ways. It just didn't work, and that's really what it comes down to. I'm sure Cliff's sitting there saying, man, how did I not get chased the ball? Or how did I not try and you know manufacture some different things here? Or should I have taken the points? It's all a process of learning and adapting to what's going on, and Kyler's doing the same thing right now. I know everybody talked about his body language. Look, that was one game, and he's as competitive, and he's used to being successful. I mean, he has not had to deal with a whole bunch of downs in his career, and that's going to make him better off in the long run. And Saturday is going to come out and, and I think showcase everything that he's capable of doing and put this team on his back offensively and carry that over into a huge win, and then all this talk will go by the wayside. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. He's frustrated coming to the sidelines. Clearly, if a receiver didn't run the right route or maybe he's not getting protection. But when you're the quarterback, I mean, I, I know that they're going to pan him when he goes to the sideline. I would like to see him have better body language because everyone's looking at him to get this team out of a rut right now. Oh, no doubt. I, I, I think, you know, going through it is one thing and then analyzing it afterwards. I'm sure Kyler would say the same thing. And he said all the, the right things post-game as well, right? They're saying all the things that you need to say. And behind closed doors, to Craig's point earlier, hopefully they're living it out. And that's the thing that will show up on Saturday because – the preparation the times isn't there, and there's such a misconception of, oh, you can have the best week of practice, but when you go in there and you get punched in the mouth, what do you do? What's going to happen at that point? And you just need to be resilient. You need to stick to the plan, and that's where you kind of come closer together and you circle and say, okay, like, offensively, what do we need to do to make sure we're doing this? And is it just get a first down and then get points on the board and then get the ball rolling and doing these things and, and playing complementary football, right? Like those are the type of things that are going to lend them to get back to where they need to be. But we're not too far away from where they have been the entire season. Might be the best thing for this team that the game is Saturday. One less day to prepare, yes, but one less day for us to talk about it. Now the big question is, how will this team respond? Here's the head coach, Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, this is the NFL. Each and every week you're going to get challenged and you're going to have your ups and downs. And this is one we got to respond to. we got to look ourselves in the mirror and figure it out. It was not that long ago this team was 7-0. and though they are 3-4 and four since that 7-0 and start, and people are discussing what happened a year ago, a 6-3 and three start and a 2-5 and five finish. That was asked specifically to Kyler Murray in Detroit. No, not at all, not at all, not at all. Again, you know, I, still 10-4, uh, still first place in the division. Like, I mean, this isn't, this isn't uh, you know, nowhere near what we were last year, um, and we're not going to allow it to be. I can understand, MJ, the comparison made between last year and this year, but this year's team is a heck of a lot more talented 
than last year's team, and the players that are back from last year's team are a year older, year wiser, year more of experience. And I'm talking about Kyler Murray, Chase Edmonds, all those young players that have been through it now and might know how to deal with it better than a year ago. Well, I mean, first of all, he was he, he wasn't healthy towards the end of the season. You had to go with Chris Streveler in that last game, and then you know give C.J. Beathard a lot of credit, even though. You know they had they only had to win one game in the final two weeks, and they don't win any game, and the Bears get in. So I mean, he they've had opportunities. Obviously, the Rams they came with uh, you know they were desperate. They were the better football team on Monday night. So uh, you know again they're a playoff team. So let's not look ahead and say oh they're the Lions. But and here they had two opportunities, and you would have thought they would have clinched in in Detroit. But here they are, and again three games to go, and this is where you want to start start excelling again, and, and really it's up to the guys in the locker room. Coaches can only do so much. It's about execution, doing your job, and if you do your job, this team could be successful. If guys are freelancing, then it's going to go the opposite way. A loss like Sunday in September, October feels different. We're in December. Playoffs right around the corner, so that's why there's a little more angst after what we saw on Sunday at Ford Field. We continue to talk about it here. It's the Cardinals Red Sea Report every Tuesday, 11 a.m. all season long. Make sure you want to catch up on your favorite show, like the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Listen to subscribe, I should say, to Arizona Cardinals Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Your favorite shows, Stay Patch Podcast, Cardinals Underground, Cardinals Cover 2, The Big Red Rage, and as I mentioned, this is the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Go to azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. More discussion on the offense. Kyler Murray did not look like Kyler Murray. We'll discuss that next here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Two receivers left, one right. Snap to Murray. Pumps left, looking deep. It's not there. Comes back to the near side. It's picked off at the 45-yard line. A diving interception made. Running back, Orawarie at the 20, at the 10, and out of bounds at the six-yard line. Amani Orawarie with an interception as Kyler went through his progression, came back to the near side, and it was intercepted. Kyler was late on the throw on that out route right there. The corner came up and picked it, made a great play, actually. What could have been? After a fumble recovery, the Cardinals give it right back on a pass play that was intended for A.J. Green. The Cardinals turn it over, and the Rams respond with another Jared Goff touchdown, his third of the day, and go up 24-3. They win 30-12 as we break it down here on the Cardinals' Red Sea Report. Craig Riolu, Drew Stanton, and Mike Jarecki looking at Kyler Murray, and specifically, Drew, just that, that particular play right there in the third quarter, it was... I don't know if it was, certainly wasn't his initial read, but great pocket, he had great protection, and it literally went from the left side of the field to the right side of the field before he finally threw the football to A.J. Green. Yeah, uh, he stayed in the pocket, did a great job there. Um, you know, without knowing the complete nuances of the play, I would think that that's a, an iso right on the backside that if he wants to go to it, he goes to it right away and throws that comeback 
Uh, it's difficult to be able to go left, middle of the field, back, right. And then he left the ball short, right? If you're going to throw that ball, leave it, throw it high and outside and give A.J. Green a chance to do that. I mean, the worst thing you can do. But again, when your feet aren't completely there to make that throw, your tendency is to leave it a little inside as opposed to sitting there and sailing it. But again, it's all a learning process. He's still a young guy that's that's figuring all of these things out. And it was one play that, unfortunately, to your point, after the turnover, could have completely gotten momentum rolling in their favor. It just didn't, and it kind of took the wind out of the sails. As a quarterback, and I realize it's difficult when you're watching it via television versus film or being in person, but 18 incompletions for Kyler Murray. He was off. He didn't get a lot of help from his receivers, but specifically the quarterback play. What did you see out of Kyler Murray? Yeah, just out of sync. Like I said, his feet were all over the place. Uh, When I watch a guy play that's in rhythm and doing this, you see a lot of the same stuff from his lower half. And there's a consistency there. And Kyler has that same ability to do it each and every week. Now, sometimes it's from different platforms or doing different things. But as the throw comes off and he's missing in different locations, it's so uncharacteristic of him, especially on these drags, because he creates space. He, he creates movement of just a subtle shift to the right or left. To, since he's a shorter guy, to be able to see these guys, but puts the ball out in front and does it in a very catchable manner. And then all of a sudden, once you miss one or two, it becomes mental, right? It becomes, a, oh, man, what did I do there? Why, what's going on? And, and you're just off and, and there's different ways that you try and, and correct that um, and he was pressing a little bit uh, you could see these things again that's part of the maturation process he's a young guy in this league you're not going to have a 17 game season where you don't hit a little bit of a low but how do you come back from that how do you correct that I think that's partially okay Cliff can go in there and correct it I think that you have Colt there trying to help him out on the sidelines or talking about different things as the film study comes up uh, after the game you can sit there and say hey like you know get your feet more underneath you here maybe you aren't making this throw and and maybe you know there's so many different things we're on the outside trying to just assess it and that's why it's hard to say but overall you could see that's not who we are accustomed to seeing out there now on the green pass attempt there was plenty of time to throw but for the most part MJ and going back to Monday night against the Rams it was a struggle because Kyler Murray has been scrambling a lot to try to buy some time for his receivers to get open. Yeah, and you know, even the way the game started, where they were in an RPO or a zone read, and I look looked like Connor would have had a little bit of a sliver. I mean, obviously, you know, you don't know, but he, there was there was a lane there, and he decided to take the ball and give Harris a lot of credit because he was all over the field, even on the Rondell Moore. Uh, throw. Harris made this tackle right there, where usually you want to get Rondell Moore in space. Yeah, I just think he's pressing. And, and listen, maybe, you know, he, he to me he's out of the uh, MVP race, which is obvious. But now it's just, just focus on getting back to the basics. I mean, uh, listen, he, he put up big numbers. He was hurt. He looked a little rusty. Um, but we need to see the Colin Murray we were able to see in the beginning of the season. And, again, the pressure should not be there of trying to be in the MVP. Not saying he was, but you, you, you see it and you hear it. It's hard to ignore it. A season-low 56% completion percentage. Here is the quarterback on his performance against the Lions. Uh, obviously, I can be better. You know, I, I think you look back at the film, there's definitely going to be some things that I wish I could have back or wish I could have done differently. But at the end of the day, you know, we got to move on. we got a quick week uh, against a great team. And that's the hope now is you learn from and correct and you get better. And the other aspects of what we did not see on Sunday was a run game. Chase Edmonds comes back. You already brought it up, MJ. James Conner, those two, 14 combined carries, but just three 
in the first half, and it just was you need that run game to help your passing attack. Yeah, and, and you know we'd have to go down a down in distance, and you, you got to give the Lions a lot of credit. I know that you know it's more about the Cardinals at this point, but they 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 were just. Uh, they they wanted it, and obviously the Cardinals. Once you fall down like that, he kind of I'm sure he takes Cliff off his script when it comes to calling plays. But the whole idea was when Edmonds and and Connor were the one-two punch, uh, this team was rolling a lot of a lot of runs and then play action. Look, look how they beat the Rams. They ran the ball 40 times, chased out 120 yards. He had a 54-yard run, averaged 10 yards a carry, and to me, he's healthy. He's he's been chomping at the bit to get out there and. And again, I know that you know maybe they. Um, the thing is, the, the Lions go on that nine-minute drive, eight fifty, and the Cardinals home to a field goal. Now you're not. I mean, you're standing on the side of just waiting and waiting and waiting. But it wasn't like they were outdoors. So at that point, you just want to counter there. Um, but like I said, it's just when you get behind the sticks. All of a sudden, you can't run the football like you want to. Uh, third down was okay, um, but again, they they just didn't. You know, Christian Kirk. When I went back and looked, he, he, he probably could have had two more catches. Um, I'm sure he when he watches the film, he, and he was targeted 12 times. A.J. Green was 11. Uh, Zach Ertz was 8. So that's where Hopkins' targets were going. And Wesley, you know, he's he's, he's a guy that's on the roster, but he's, he's going to have to be able to catch the football um, because he's going to be called upon. Again, when the pecking order, you need some production from other receivers. Speaking of Zach Ertz, let's get his thoughts on what happened on Sunday. I mean, you evaluate the process. Is it the process good? If the process is good and it's just a poor result, then you stick with it. If the process needs to be evaluated, you evaluate it and make some changes. Uh, I think the process that we have is a good process. I don't think we need to go out there and reinvent the wheel. Um, but at the end of the day, we got to play better on Sunday. It's up to the players. I mean, the coaching schemes are there. They're the same ones that we were freaking rolling with. Got to start fast. Can't have penalties. I mean... It's the NFL. You can't give teams free yardage, whether it be false starts, whether it be holding, whether it be personal fouls. Two false start penalties, three roughing the passer penalties, one unnecessary roughness penalty, and one pass interference penalty. Four times the Cardinals committed a penalty that resulted in a first down. Now, it was the first game post-DeAndre Hopkins, but, Drew, we've seen this team play without D-Hop. Granted, it was with Colt McCoy as the quarterback. I don't think one player... Now it was just a small sample size against the Lions, but one player can't make that much, that big of a difference, uh, especially against that kind of a defense. No, I, the one player does not uh, result in that outcome when you know you have that large of a margin of uh, victory by a team that doesn't actually warrant it. But I will say this: I think you go back to since the bye week, if I'm not mistaken, they have not been able to establish the run. Before the bye, they were rolling; they were able to do all of these things. Whether or not teams started making adjustments, we've actually seen Kyler running the ball more, which is exactly the opposite of what he said he wanted to do. You know, and it becomes more difficult at that point because now he's more involved with the run game. So hopefully they can sit there and say, okay, we have Chase back, we have James, James going. We need to establish the run. Now, granted, they've gone against a good run defense in Chicago. They held Delvin Cook last night to pedestrian numbers. But the last two weeks against teams that you would think they would at least establish the run against, uh, they haven't been able to do do that. So I think the self-scout will hopefully reveal those type of things. You can really hone in on that. But DeAndre Hopkins, yes, he is irreplaceable, but there's strength in numbers. We've talked about that with the J.J. Watt effect. You've talked about all these things. And I think the big thing that I would like to see moving forward 
and that hasn't really been talked about a lot is we say there's so many veterans on this team, right? There's a difference between being a veteran and being a leader. Uh, uh, they're not synonymous. You don't have to be one to be the other. But I think that the leadership on this team needs to step up, and that's where those guys that you know the I was on the team with would we'd have these closed door meetings that nobody would know about. You'd have these type of things of saying, guys, we can't allow this to become a two three week thing. We need to nip this in the butt right now because look. DeAndre's not coming back. We don't have him. And so AJ's got to step up. Christian Kirk has to step up. You know, he's got to go catch the football. He can't let it hit him in his chest and let it come to him. Those exactly. are the type of things that saw. you need to the, – the little things are what's going to really make a difference, and it's just a matter of getting back to that. You, you talked about it's the, it's the DYJ, do your job. Focus on that, and that's what they did such a good job of in the first portion of the season that allowed them to have the success up to that point, but you're not guaranteed anything moving forward. Well, and Craig has a really good stat here. In the last couple of games, how much you're throwing the ball versus running the football. Now when you're down to the Rams 27-13, you know, the Rams scored 14 points in the third quarter, 13 in the second quarter. Cardinals finished with 10. So what's what's the number, Craig, in the last two games, throwing versus rushing? 56 more passing plays than rushing plays over the past two games. Now when you're trailing, yes, and that was the part that's been the issue since the bye week that – Earlier in the year, during the 7-0 start, you're getting off to leads so you can run the ball more. Yeah, I think it's that that reminder, right, as Cliff is the play caller of somebody's in his ear, continue to run the ball, whether it's Cougs or somebody else like that, making a a commitment to the run of having these goals of the week going into that, right, of, hey, I'm not going to abandon the run. And B.A. was the worst at that, right? (laughs) We would get down, and all of a sudden it was chicken little, the sky's falling in, we'd end up with like 10 runs. And we're sitting over there, can we just call? Everybody knows we have the most simple run game ever, but we just need to try and run the ball, right? And, And, again, it's a commitment. But the teams that are the top five, and rushing in this league and Arizona was there for the first portion of the season you make a commitment it's a concerted effort to say we're going to continue to try and wear them down we're going to do all these things because it might not you know it's not as sexy it's not doing these things but those four yard gains those five yard gains those six yard gains they start to become greater and greater as the game goes on but not only that as I was talking about in pregame before Detroit when you have to start getting guys committed to that run to truly stop it that's where you can put anybody over the middle of the field you'll see Zach Ertz you'll see all these things the other thing that I don't think we've talked enough about and maybe it's just me because I haven't done a deep dive into the study but losing Max Williams being able to have him as a blocker and a pass catcher out there and no disrespect against Zach Ertz because he's a phenomenal pass catcher but I don't see the same type of production in the run game that you would think or scaring a defense as much as a Max Williams type of a guy well I mean they missed Max last year in the season I couldn't agree more because he's the perfect tight end for 11 personnel now Zach Ertz has high effort. He can chip and then release. Obviously, he's you know probably better in the open field on third down. But I that's a great point. I haven't heard that all year. Um, high effort's a word for not good blocker too. No disrespect. <laughs> well, but. I'm just saying it's not like he's an empty chair out there. Yes. He, he's trying. Yes, he is, and he he's and capable he, he, of doing it. Yes. He's just he's not built the same way right. to go out there and take on these DNs, right? You're not going to ask him to block a Robert Quinn a lot during the season. You're not going to ask him to go in there and try and go against the type of guys that you have to each and every week. Yeah, because that was the, the per, eleven personnel, and you know sometimes you got to protect the edges and. You know, you, you just look at, you know, we're going to get into the defense in the next segment, but it, it's just that the offensive line hasn't been, you know, the same over the last couple of weeks. You're you're, you're mixing and matching. You're losing your, your, your top center in Rodney Hudson, even though Garcia's come in there and done a nice job. 
um, you know, Hump and uh, and Beecham, you know, they can play better. Everyone can play better. Pew. But, I mean, you just wish they could have the same five guys. And every team's dealing with this. But, you know, Rodney Hudson's a big loss because I think he helps Kyler with the calls. He goes to the sidelines, has conversations with him. He's, he's kind of like E.F. Hutton. When he talks, you listen. And, unfortunately, he wasn't out there. And hopefully they can get him back soon. I don't know what the uh, time frame is going to be there because uh, this is going to be a huge map matchup against DeForest Buckner. Yeah, Kingsbury earlier on Tuesday mentioned Rodney Hudson still in COVID protocols. So we await to see whether he'll test out of that before Saturday. Kyler Murray, though, knows that this offense is capable of a whole lot more. We know who we are. You know, we, we know the guys we got in the locker room. We got the talent. We got the coaches. We got the leadership. I mean, all that's there. Uh, it's just about locking in and playing, playing up to our capabilities and not, you know, screw everything else pretty much. You know, we have to, we have to be, you know, how we were at the beginning of the season, you know, in the middle of the season as well. But we just got to lock in, be better. 7-0 and start. I mean, it was there at one point. It didn't just up and walk out. It went somewhere, so the Cardinals need to find it and return to form. And hopefully, again, that happens this Saturday. The Day Patch Podcast, Episode 21, featuring former Cardinals quarterbacks Carson Palmer and, oh, hey, Drew Stanton is on the Day Patch Podcast. That premieres on Wednesday. To catch up on past episodes, follow the Day Patch Podcast via your preferred podcast provider. Get the latest updates via Twitter, at PatchPod. You're still connected to Carson. You just can't get away from him. Yep, behind the scenes, always. Jeez. Can't get your own? This no, no. Nobody wants to listen to that. They already heard enough of me before. We have hit halftime here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. More with Drew Stanton as we continue. Defense, what happened against the Detroit Lions and looking ahead to that matchup against the Colts and one Jonathan Taylor. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Waiting for the snap. He's got it. Straight drop. Looks right. Throws right in the end zone. And it's pulled in for a touchdown. Caught by Josh Reynolds to make it 16-0 Lions. My goodness. Wow. Goff takes. And it's play action. Rolls right. Throws right. Wide open. Caught. Touchdown. Kabinda. The Lions have opened it up. They lead 23-3. They capitalize off the Kyler Murray interception. Whether it was Jared Goff or Craig Netflix Reynolds, the Lions could do what they wanted when they wanted against the Cardinals defense on Sunday as we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Reports. 30-12, the final at Ford Field. When you look back, MJ, as far as the defense more bothersome that Jared Goff had one of his best performances, but he always plays well against the Cardinals or Reynolds, an undrafted free agent making his first start, eclipsed 100 yards, and really was hardly touched by that Cardinals defense. Probably more the the run defense, just because, you know, he had played the week before, but, you know, he was a practice squad guy, and then obviously he got a chance based on their injuries with some of their running backs, including Swift. But 26 carries, 112 yards, 4.3 a pop. He had a 27-yard run. But also, you know, when you look at Jared Goff, he was very efficient, 21-26, 216, um, three touchdown passes, quarterback rating close to 140. They just could not get him down. I mean, and it was very similar to Matthew Stafford. Stafford was 23-30, 
three touchdowns. So that's six touchdowns in the last couple of games, and the defense is not being able to force turnovers. And just couldn't get the Lions off the field either, Drew, on third down. Six of 13, but and as we talked about on Cardinal Talk, six of eights on third and five or less. That's, exactly. That's manageable, and you can do whatever you want as an offense. Yeah, they ran it a couple of times. They were able to do those things. They were, they were able to stay multiple on how they were trying to attack. And, you know, I think that sometimes we get lulled to sleep or there's this misconception that uh, practice squad running backs aren't great. There's so many running backs out there, and they're all talented. If there's holes open, they're going to hit them. I mean, Kerwin Williams, I remember when I was oh, yeah. here, we called him up, and he had over 100 yards rushing. These guys are capable. They're just waiting for the opportunity. They're sitting back there waiting, and they know that, again, this is a resume builder for him. Everybody knows who he is now. Before, he was just the guy that was trying to scratch it out on the practice squad, and now he's trying to assert himself on that 53-man roster, which they signed him to, and he earned himself a spot. So that that's one thing that I think that you know we keep saying like before we say is name practice squad running back and i'm like yeah all these guys are getting paid for a reason jared went out and he's had success i think he's eight and one against the, the yep. cardinals now and anytime you start building that kind of rapport you feel really good about a quarterback as a quarterback going into a team that you know very well that you've had a lot of success against but also i talked about this pregame he's found his go-to guy in amon ross st brown the kid's talented he's a young rookie but he's from usc he understands the the ins and outs of it he's his cooper cup in that offense and then when you mix in josh reynolds you mix him a couple deep shots and he's very efficient and they were able to just continue to move the ball down the field do the the game plan that we said is, has been very bothersome for the cardinals up to this point of control the clock and then let Kyler either be frustrated or play into mistakes and turn the ball over Jared did a great job of that he protected the ball and on the flip side of that they converted those into touchdowns right they drove the ball the length of the field and got touchdowns where this defense has been so good at holding people to field goals defending every single blade of grass that they possibly can uh, it just wasn't the case and then we weren't able to keep pace yeah, St. Brown, 11 targets, 8 catches for 90 yards, 37-yard touchdown, and then Reynolds, 6 for 68, 22-yard uh, touchdown. And, and to me, after the first possession, I thought the Cardinals did a nice job on that on that 9-minute drive to where they held them to a field goal. But after that, the tackling was poor. And this once again, the secondary is getting picked on. That was the strength of this football team. And then you're hoping the front seven can get to the quarterback. But Buda Baker missed a few tackles. Jalen Thompson missed a tackle. Uh, Kennard. I mean, I when I went back and watched the film, after that first possession, it was like they almost forgot how to tackle. And that's that was one of their strengths going in, into the season. Goff was sacked twice, hit five times. But for the most part, he was upright and could do what he wanted to against the Cardinals' defense. Linebacker Jordan Hicks on what happened on Sunday. We just didn't, man. We didn't make plays. We didn't couldn't get off the field on third down on defense. Had too many, way too many penalties. And uh, felt like a very uncharacteristic game of, of, you know, what's gotten us to this point. You look at that opening drive, two third downs converted, and later in the second half there was a possession in which there were back-to-back roughing the passer penalties in which another three points was scored against the Cardinals. Again, it adds up to a 30-12 to loss. Zach Allen post-game with Paul Calvisi. Here and there it's just, you know, guys just not doing their job. You know, we'll have ten guys doing a job, but one guy's out of a gap or, you know, misses this. So, you know, we just got to learn how to play as 11 and, and just – and rein it in and just know when we need to get a stop, we got to get it. So, you know, we just got to figure it out.
This team defensively is still number five in scoring. They are still a very good defense, but going to your point, Drew, about one game, it was a bad performance, and I don't think we've seen this defense. They've given up their share of plays, but every defense does, but for a full 60 minutes, that was, as Jordan Hicks said, uncharacteristic. It was. you know, It completely was. It was out of character for them, and hopefully they'll get it corrected. Uh, but at the same time, I think you can look at defense – different ways right you either play collectively and zach allen hit it on the head we didn't play collectively as 11 guys and you have to play as a unit within this structure of our defense because they don't have a game changer quote unquote right now they don't they don't have a guy that's going to make a splash play like we're accustomed to seeing around the league of a tj watt to get a sack fumble to end a game or some guy in the secondary to get a pick they're all very solid they're all very good but they have to play as a unit they don't have a, a ball hawking safety that's going to go out there and pick something off out of the center field like ed reed they don't have a linebacker that's going to make a de-wash type of play as the Arizona Cardinals are used to. I mean, they have very solid players. They're young. They mix and match and do really well and play complementary football as a unit. But they don't have a guy right now that you can say, man, this guy can change the trajectory of the game. And if you don't have that, then everybody needs to play together. And that's not what transpired, unfortunately, on Sunday. And we saw the results of it. Well, I mean, it's just, you know, they need more from Chandler Jones. I mean, I Again, he had a clean pocket. He was 16 for 20 for 129 yards, and under pressure he was 5 for 6 for 86. And you know what the difference was in the game? The Lions did not drop a pass. Cardinals dropped some footballs, and that obviously is going to not allow you to pick up a third down and move the stick. So, again, they got to go back to the basics and, and just try to figure it out because um, – those last two games, uh, defense, I mean, they, they again, we've talked about this. The defense, they wouldn't have 10 wins without this defense. So, I mean, they, but they got to carry their water in both both sides, and including special teams. Yeah, I mean, those drops are, are drive killers, right? They, yep. they stall drives out, and you don't have those. And we're not used to seeing these, especially like the blaring ones, the glaring ones that, that uh, Christian Kirk had. The other thing to me that w- was completely, because it ended up kind of normal or kind of equal, were those penalties. Those penalties that allowed that two-minute drive, that's – 30 yards of free yardage that you get on top of that and it's just it, it absolutely puts you back on your heels and allows them to go in there and make it 17 to nothing that to me three roughing the passers is just that's completely controllable by you the one the hit in the helmet by Chandler that's hard because you know it's a little bit ticky tack but that's what they're calling you can't do that if you can't get to the quarterback just be smart about it the other roll up I mean it looked you know, it's subjective when it happens and he kind of tried to roll them up. But again, they're calling that. You just have to be smart. If you wipe those two out, then they're not going down and doing it. And it's all of these things. It's everybody had a hand, unfortunately, in this loss. And as long as you own up to it and you're accountable for it, just don't repeat the mistake. So where does this defense go from here? Here's Jordan Hicks. Yeah, you do more, right? You do more. You, you go back into the, into the lab and, you know, you study harder. You work after practice. You detail your the, the the game plan right guys guys got to come in and make sure that you know the game plan is, is fully set and then at the end of the day we got to ex- execute right we've got to make the plays that that come our way and we've got to find a way to get our offense more possessions more more opportunities to, to go down and score 
And it's exactly what this defense had been doing earlier in the season. It's a short week. The players were off on Monday, back on the field on Tuesday, and they'll be on the field Wednesday and Thursday as well, leading up to a big one on Christmas Day against the Indianapolis Colts, which we'll touch on in a matter of moments here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report as we continue every Tuesday, 11 a.m. throughout the calendar year, talking all things Arizona Cardinals and unfortunately talking about a Cardinals loss here 30-12 to to the Detroit Lions, dropping the Cardinals to 10-4 and on the season. And there is still time, MJ, to what you keep saying is you've got to win now one more game and that clinches a playoff spot once you get to the postseason, then you wipe the slate clean and it becomes a brand new year. Yeah, in the NFL, you got to avoid losing streaks, especially this time of the year. And this team, this is the first time they've lost back-to-back games. Um, you know, they got an opportunity to play a really good team. Maybe the Cardinals will come out and give their best against the Colts, and then they got to play Dallas. So there's still three games where they can still jockey for position, but they're going to have to play much better than they have in the last couple of games. Coming up Wednesday, episode 11 of Cardinals Folktales entitled Snow Day to Tampa Bay. We look back at that snowstorm in New England that played a part and this Cardinals team advancing to Super Bowl 43. Looking back at that 2008 Cardinals team, go to youtube.com slash azcardinals, youtube.com slash azcardinals. Snow Day to Tampa Bay premieres on Wednesday. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Second and eight Colts at their 33. Taylor's got it. Nice hole. Oh, oh. He could go all the way. Far sideline 40. He's to the 30. They're trying to chase him down to the 10. 5. Touchdown Colts. Touchdown Colts. 67 yards with two to go. Two minutes, one second left. That might have done it. It did. The Patriots lose to the Indianapolis Colts 27-17. Bill Rosinski on Westwood 1 with play-by-play from Saturday. Jonathan Taylor rushed for 170 yards, including that 67-yard touchdown. 18 of his 29 carries came between the tackles. 18 of his first 28 carries came with eight or more defenders in the box. And that is the challenge this week for the Cardinals, Drew, is to figure out how to stop the league's number one running back, leads the league in rushing yards, rushing touchdowns, and a whole bunch. There's an entire list of what he has accomplished here (laughs) in year two. We don't have enough time to get through it all, but we do know that priority number one, is Jonathan Taylor. It starts with him just like it started with Derrick Henry. And and the easiest way to stop that is don't let him get started. Run blitz, run blitz, run blitz. Get guys in the backfield, especially with how good of tacklers these guys are. I mean, we talked about it all the way up until last week when they had a couple missed tackles. And we're not used to seeing that with either one of these safeties. They're so good at it. And and you see what happens when you don't get them to the ground. Those missed tackles become longer yardage runs. and, And really, those are what can start putting you on your heels and making you feel like you can't stop the run. So I think Vance is going to have a great plan. I think he is going to run blitz. We saw it throughout the course of this year, second down, second and long. He's trying to be the aggressor, which I absolutely love as a defensive coordinator. It's just sometimes people are recognizing that. They're picking it up. They're using more of a max protection to make sure safeties are blocked and then pushing the ball down the field. So you got to make sure you get home. And on these run blitzes, you got to make sure that everybody's in their gap. They're doing the right thing. And if it's not necessarily the safety getting home, it's the backer getting home. It's the D lineman that's got to win his block. All of these things. To your point, Chandler, you know, these guys that are capable of doing it and hopefully – 
we'll see a team that's much more hungry and effort-driven than we saw last week because all of those guys have shown they're capable of doing it each and every week and committing to it. It's just doing it consistently no matter who's in there. I'm, I'm kind of being facetious here, but maybe not. I'm putting eight guys in a box. Enforced yeah. Hilton and Pittman to beat me on the outside. I put nine in the box. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, like commit to it. Uh, but I also think you have to be careful because you can't just load the box. I mean, how, his numbers versus a loaded box are still really yep. good. Just because it's the case, I want to, I want to reestablish that line of scrimmage. I want to push it, and I want to be the aggressor if I'm the D coordinator. And don't let him get started. Just don't even let him get into a rhythm and feel like he's starting to get a push or lean forward because he is so talented. And if you give him any little piece, I mean, playing against some of the best running backs in this league and watching it from afar when Adrian. Peterson was at his best, or guys like that, that the structure of the offense went everything started and ended with that type of a caliber of a guy, you've got to try and do it, and you're sitting there just holding on because it's a 60-minute commitment to saying we can't do anything. We have to bottle this guy up, and the the corners have to put their big boy pads on. They're going to have to make tackles, the safeties. I mean, the the beauty that they have is they've got three linebackers they can play with, and hopefully they can do that if that's what they decide to do, uh, is to get out there to make sure he can't even get started. Well, I mean, uh, they ran for 200 yards against the Patriots I mean Belichick didn't have anything to say after the game and he, he apologized but yeah I mean Carson Wentz I mean 10 I think 10 of his 14 games he's been over about 65 to 70 um, pro football grade he doesn't make a lot of mistakes they don't rely on him but it'd be nice to you're not going to shut Taylor down if you can contain him and don't let him get to the second level maybe you force Wentz to beat you easier said than done though yeah well I think that's the key that you want to do, but Carson has the M.O. of if he tries to go out and win a football game, he can just as easily lose one, and that's really where you want to have him do that. He tries to do too much with the football. He makes stupid mistakes to try and scramble, and he gets sack fumbles. He'll hold on to the ball. We just got to get home. 30 pass attempts. That's the magic number. 30 or fewer, the Colts are 6-0. and More than 30, Colts are 2-6. and Stop the run, make Carson Wentz throw to beat you, and the Cardinals having a good opportunity to get that 11th win and lock up a playoff spot. 6.15 is the kickoff on Christmas night, 2.30. Pre-game coverage begins here on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. Third time the charm, perhaps, for the Cardinals making that playoff push, getting in to the postseason. Special thanks behind the scenes, senior broadcast manager and producer Jim Omohundro, technical director Cody Fincher, for Drew Stanton, Mike Drecke, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you in one week's time here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Kirk, he got it! He's in! Touchdown! Buda Baker with the sack, stripped the ball. Murray's going to score! Touchdown! Oh, baby! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown! Cardinals win! This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.